We are no longer prepared to tolerate that criminal act by a minority. The white man has the audacity. We are done. We are done. understand who's who you know so as much as we know each other or i know some things about you i cannot just confirm you know so maybe you want to say maybe you want to say something about yourself that is not related to what you do but we're just going to do briefs with everyone so i'm going to handpick people as a way to start but as we progress and you want to say something um like peter said right there at the bottom raise your hand and that's perfect and also one last thing if any of you needs to leave before the time please just say bye in the chats um instead of opening your mic or switching on your mic and saying bye because it causes a distraction so just send a message or i, I have to go and then yeah we can go too so we are going to start with lesejo hi lesejo <laughs> hi, can you hear me? Yes, you can hear me. Yeah, I'm telling us about yourself. So, what uh, So, hi everyone. Uh, my name is Lesejo. And, not related to what I do or anything. What do you want to know? No, you, you have a choice. It can be what you do. It can be who you are. It is entirely up to you. So, just tell us about yourself briefly. So, if your career is very important to you, then you better mention it. <laughs> Okay. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Lesaro Mutapo, and I'm currently a medical student at WIT. And yeah, I am also a YouTuber. And yeah, that's really it about me. Thank you so much, Lesaro. And Haji? Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Haji. I am, it's so weird because I'm always behind the camera and I never have to do this. So it's, 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 it's a bit, it's a bit different for me. I'm a producer, I'm a writer. Um, yeah, I'm a creative and it's really dope for me to be on a platform like this because I'm also an activist for women and women empowerment. And I try to bring that across in everything that I do. So I'm excited about today and I'm hoping that, you know, it's a ball. <laughs> Thank you so much, Adi. Nice to meet you. Mpo, Mpo Intle. Hi, Mbali. Hi, ladies um, and gentlemen. Um, I am Mpo Intle Blacky. Um, 24 from the VAR, born and raised. Um, and right now I'm a corporate lawyer. I am an entrepreneur and a philanthropist. Yeah, and I definitely love an adrenaline rush. You'll definitely find me with this adrenaline. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mpo. And then next up is Piwe. Hi, girl. Hi, hi, buddy. Hi, everybody. Um, can you guys hear me? Yes, okay, yes. Uh, my name is Piwe Gabini, and I am a business intelligence strategic analyst. Um, and I 
um, an adrenaline junkie as well, uh, bungee jumping, horse riding, name it, skydiving. I'm, I'm your girl. I'll be there, you know. I'm glad to hear that point is like the same. Um, I'm a Sunday school facilitator on Sundays, a radio DJ, not really DJ, but um, I like to call myself as radio personnel because it's more conversational than it being songs, what I do, and also the CEO of Expression Radio. Thank you so much. That is very impressive. And then we have Palisa. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Palisa Mukhanedi, and I am from Tembisa. Uh, currently, I am the founder, and um, basically, I just run the company myself uh, of Gagaya Services. Uh, we do cleaning, we do um, uh, laundry services, we do house events, cleaning, and besides that, I am driven, and yeah, that's Palisa. Thank you so much, Palisa. Um, I see your camera is off. I um, can you see that it is off? Is it an or um, what's going on? Yeah, my camera's off. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a mess right now. I was busy with orders and whatnot, so I didn't have time to freshen up and look proper for camera or whatnot. So, yeah. <laughs> no pressure. Thank you so much for letting us know. So, um, ladies, like I said, um, this is just going to be a flow. Be yourself. Say what you need to say. Um, whether you filter it or not is entirely up to you. Just say what you need to say and get it out. So we know that it's 2021 and a lot of things have changed and things change gradually. Oh, actually, before I forget, I'm Bali. <laughs> I almost forgot. So sorry. Uh, my name is Mbali and I just love conversations because like people are constantly changing. So our, our conversations will constantly change. I mean, change. So I love conversations and I love women and I love speaking and I just love bringing people together. That's all that there is to me. So everything that I do just flows from that. So yeah, with that being said, 2021. So with 2021, what would you say that women need to leave behind in 2021? So I'm going to go with Mpo. Hi, um, just one thing. Um, my name is important. Um, so I don't shorten it. I prefer it being said in its entirety. Um, but one thing we should leave behind is our insecurities, whether it's insecurities that are from inside or ones that we take from the outer world in terms of like, um, you, you not believing that you can do X, Y, Z, you not believing that you're not meant to be there. Or even one thing that I've been seeing a lot, having imposter syndrome, you getting all these qualifications and then you being presented with this opportunity and thinking, why would they choose me? No, you've worked hard, you deserve to be there. So yeah, I think that's what we should leave behind. I think I said a lot of things, <laughs> but yeah. And that's okay. Thank you so much, importantly. And I don't know, but I also have realized that, that imposter syndrome, that's what you're talking about, is really just um, in a lot of women. And that's the case. And I thank you so much for bringing it up. And then we're going to have Haji. Haji, what do you think women should leave behind in 2021? Um, I am a strong believer that women need to leave behind the strong, especially, well, I've narrowed it down, but the strong black woman 
syndrome, this narrative that uh, black women are strong, black women can take anything. No, no, no. We're humans. We're not rocks. You know, we're delicate. We're 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 flowers. Do you know what I mean? The thing is, is that we happen to be this force to be reckoned with, but we go through so much and. We, 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 we seldom give ourselves a break because of it. You know what I'm saying? We seldom, we seldom are kind to ourselves because there's this narrative that's going around that's saying, yo, you're black, you're a woman, you need to be strong. And it's like, no, nigga, I don't need to be anything. I can be soft and I can be strong and I can be fragile and I can be all these things and still be the the epitome of a black queen and I don't need to be you know I don't need to be a certain way to 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 personify a black woman and I think that's that's one of the the biggest things that I'm trying to just like fight right now that strong black woman thing child (laughs) it's gotta go (laughs) it's not working and you basically just said what I had in mind like it is not working and you just reminded me of a a post this other lady had on Facebook and she's like, you know, those activists and stuff. And then she wrote that um, black women don't have a higher tolerance for pain. And I screenshotted and I kept it. I still have it. It's been years. And I always just go back to it because this whole strength thing is imposed. And when we look at strength, it has to be from a personal perspective. You have to choose to be strong. Don't throw strength to me. You know, and I love what you said about that. And it, in that case as well, there are also things that um, I know that men need to change in 2021 too. So from your perspective, Spiwe, if you were looking at um, that demographic of men, not women, men, what do you think they need to change? Or what do they need to leave behind in 2021? I think I'm going to take importantly's um, line and retrofit it to men as well, you know, insecurities, you know, um, as much as we might feel or think like women are more insecure, but trust me, men are even more insecure. It's just that they don't show it as much as we do or speak about it or show signs about it as much as we as women do. And you find that that's, what tears most of them down and get them to do things that are out of character most of the time because they are insecure within themselves, you know? And sometimes they feel that um, we as women are out there to get them, but it's actually them, you know? And to um, to point this point as well, that, that um, imposter syndrome, it even happens to them. So if they can leave that behind, and really embrace themselves for who they are because there's too much competition about around them. Like sometimes it's unnecessary, you know? And that for me is what brings about that insecurity, that imposter syndrome, and just always want to prove themselves. You know, pardon my, yeah. Okay, yes, I'll leave it. <laughs> so yeah, for me, I'll, I'll take pointless words right back at men. Let's appreciate each other for who we are and embrace for each other for who we are. I think with that, there'll be so much care, respect, and uh, yeah, avoiding of all these unnecessary things between the two genders and amongst each other. Yeah. Thank you. 
much. I actually didn't, I didn't see that one coming, but thank you so much. And it makes brilliant sense because also last week we spoke about how um, the presence of a, a woman's strength is not the absence of a man's strength. Or um, when we come together, like it should not be a competition because um, we vibe on a different level. Um, inherently and biologically speaking, we are different. So people usually don't understand or don't have confidence in their own flow of their roles or rather they don't even know them. So it becomes a thing of now, if I'm stepping up, you're not stepping up because you, you're thinking that, and it's not even that. And you often have those fights, you know, <laughs> like we always have those fights. And that is part of the foundation of the fights that we have amongst ourselves as men and women. And Balisa, please add on to what Spiro has said. What do you think men should leave in 2021? Um, I think that men, not every man, but majority of men have this thing of not wanting to show their emotions. And that is one thing I think men should leave behind because um, we are all human after all. We, we have emotions that we, we need to, to express. Now, if we are holding it back, th that's why you will find, oh, oh sorry. That's why you will find that um, uh, men are not able to uh, express themselves when he is angry or he's frustrated, he'd rather leave the house and not be able to talk to you and reason with you because a man must be strong, a man must not show his emotions. So I think the one thing that men need to do is leave behind that thing where we won't show our emotions, show them so that we'll be able to, to address them and talk about it and move on, you know? So, yeah. Thank you so much, um, Pali. And then there is Haji. Haji, you want to say something? I see that you raised your hand. Um, I just wanted to add on to what Alyssa said. Um, I, I, I actually want to sort of, I don't know, play devil's advocate here, just to say that women have this tendency to ask men to be more emotional and to show their emotions. However, whenever they're in a space with a man who begins to express his emotions and begins to become that person, we, 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 we tense up and we don't know, we don't necessarily know how to facilitate that. And that's because we also don't know how to deal with an emotional man because men are not supposed to be emotional. Or like Ramos said, I don't know. Yo, it's a king told me. If I tell Mona, I will. I'm putting emotion. Say hey, hey, hey. But at the same time, as soon as he dies, as soon as he starts crying in front of me, he's like, you, I, if you're gonna ask for it, you need to be prepared to create the safe space to be able to allow them to, to, to show their emotions and to still be received with the same respect and still be seen as the same pillar of strength, to still be, at, you know, to still be treated with that thing. You're still a man. You're still, you know, I, I, I feel like we trap men in that sense where, you know, we want their emotional side, but we don't even know self what to do with it. So I, I think it's a, I think it's an education for for both men and women, is that ask a man for his emotions, cool, cool, but also be ready to deal with an emotional man, 
because we don't know how to do that. It's just the, it's just the learning that I've also had to unlearn myself where I've been like, yo, bro, actually, I just asked this person to be emotional, but I don't know how to deal with it, you know? So yeah, just I was just adding on to that. Thank you so much. And I love that it took a turn, you know? Um, one thing I appreciate about you is like your culture of accountability, because I know as women, even though we don't mention it, like um, being right is just like really important to us, you know, just that aspect of just being right and with the emotions part as well. Right. So my entire life, I was I think I've spent so much time with men who used to beat their hearts to a pulp, like no emotions and things like that. And then later on, you meet like other men, you know, and at that time I was like really, 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 really broken, but I was not ready to see a man who showed me that emotion, you know, like that a lot, like an emotional space. And what I did was just like, whoa, <laughs> you know, like, whoa, but all along I had been saying the very same thing. Like I need somebody to be soft for me, somebody to help me with my healing. That person came along and I just was like, whoa, you know? But we are all still learning, you know, and I thank you so much for playing devil's advocate. And I see Lesejo also raised her hand and then we're going to have Lesejo and then Spiwe also raised her hand. So after that, we'll be Spiwe. Um, so I just want to add on to what Palissa uh, is saying. I think it's true that we're not necessarily ready to like accept a man that's emotional. But I also think that it starts now, you know, because for a lot of us, the way we are right now goes back to what we saw growing up or what we understand a man to be in a household or in a relationship. So, cause if a man is here crying and it's like, I never, I was, I'm not accustomed to that. I'm not accustomed to a man telling me how they are feeling that this made them upset. This made them sad. When it happens now today as an older like person, I'm not able to handle that and I don't know how to deal with that. So I think that's something that they should leave behind. Um, so that we, or the future generation, will be able to see men who are emotional. So it starts with us, as uncomfortable as it might be, like, be okay with the fact that, okay, this is a bit of an uncomfortable territory for me, because, like, but, like, okay, let's let's see, let's see how this is going and how we can navigate with it. So I think, just to add into what they were both saying, definitely should start with us, so that in the future, it's not a topic of discussion in the sense of they're not emotional. If they start now, if we all start now, to feel our emotions, to express it, and then hopefully in the future, it's something that's just a norm. Yeah. Thank you so much. And like progress is eternal, you know? So I'm also gonna take, thank you so much, Lissoho. I'm gonna take, um, okay, cause she raised her hand. Okay, um, like Haji just took everything from my mouth to be quite honest, cause I wanted to play devil's advocate as well. Immediately when she just touched on those points, I was like, ah, done, you know, um, to, because to her point, it's, it's very easy to, to ask for men to be emotional and stuff like that. However, there's a, there's a recording that not recording, but a TikTok thingy video that I just saw this morning. Hori, hey guys, when is it the time where, uh, I see that women are always for before marriages, but when is the time when men buy a lot you know, you know, type of thing. So to Lesefo's point, it's a narrative that we need to take accountability for and responsibility for to say that let us um, call on to our elder men, you know, because these boys or these 
gentlemen now saw that from their forefathers but then we can plead to their forefathers to like say guys come let's sit on the table you know um because some of these things are issues because men are taught to harbor issues to harbor their feelings men are taught to to not cry or be vulnerable you know and here we are we are a different generation where we are very conversational we are very opinionated previously women couldn't question men you know and that's why men a lot of men got away with what they are getting away with you know and stuff like that so it's a it's it's a it's a it's a amalgamation of so many things right now and for us to just with the snap of finger to expect them to change just like that it's not really fair however to the surface point it has to be done because other than that things are going to continue the way they are and in future we're going to find ourselves just here speaking about it instead of changing the narrative for future generations so yeah man yeah and just to, to lastly um it's not easy seeing a man cry I've seen my dad cry and I was like, you bending already. What guys? <laughs> Where do you even start to comfort? Why do you even start saying, like, I do say you, it's gonna be fine, you know? And it's painful when they're crying. And as what's this maybe one in English, you know, like George just ran away. When they start like you know, you're like, okay, this is deep, you know? So it's 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 fun and all that to to say that this is what we expect of them. But yeah, the readiness of that, you guys Nandiko ready, but yes, I would love for our men to be more emotional or show more emotion. All right. Oh, yeah, we have to create a safe space for them. Yes, just that. <laughs> Thank you so much. And it's it's so unfortunate that sometimes we really hope for certain things that we don't accept that we might not be ready for them. So I think also I like that we're meeting each other halfway. And um, it actually, all of this um, leads to my other questions as well. So um, you see with upbringing, a lot of things are rooted in upbringing, you know, and those spaces that you grew up in, whether it was like your community or whatsoever, where you saw that, okay, um, men were raised a certain way or other boys were raised a certain way and um, women or girls were raised in a certain way. Um, I want to, to delve into those good experiences where you're like, okay, um, I can see that we were raised a certain way, but I accept this part. But then there was a certain part that I terribly, like I terribly know that this was not okay. So I'm gonna have Palesa for that. So um, in terms of your upbringing as well, what did you see that was, good and what did you see that was bad in terms of how you were raised and how boys were also raised so if you were in a space where you you saw a lot of boys being raised as well so you can take from that as well based on what you saw personally so palisa so i was raised in different households first i was raised by my grandmother then I moved, I lived with my aunt, then I moved, and then I came in, I lived with my parents. So in those households, um, um, I could say when I was living with my grandmother, um, a woman was expected to do certain things. A woman was expected to, the, 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 the norm, wash the dishes, do your um, laundry, be able to cook. If you can't cook, you're always asked, who's going to marry you? Who's going to do this, do that? So women were brought up to be wives, basically. So it was never a thing, uh, a woman should think about running a business. A woman should think about um, going to school. The one thing you must look forward to is being married. And then when I moved and I came and I stayed with my mom, 
my mom was more on the side of uh, push your, your life. You don't know what's going to happen. You can't count on a man. You can't count on anybody. So you make you make sure that you bring yourself up and you 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 fulfill the things that you want to fulfill for your life. You make sure that you don't look back and regret things and don't ever count on a man and thinking that um, he will be able to take care of you. And the other thing that my dad used to say was that don't run around with boys and expect to hurry. When you get pregnant, you are trapping that guy. His life moves on, yours stands still. So make sure that when you do things, you are doing them for yourselves. So it the, those different households, it, it kind of showed me that there's there's a there's a gap in 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 how we articulate things, especially from the the previous generation, like my grandmother's generation, and to my parents and to us now. So there is a, a huge gap, and boys boys will do whatever you want as long as by the end of the day on you can uh, feed your family, you can do this for your mother, do this for your siblings. As long as you can do those things. Do whatever you want. Doesn't matter how it was. Amaya, I can't tell you, you um, have 50 kids. On a woman, it was it was something different. You can't have like, two kids from two different fathers because now you look like something else. But with a man, he can go and have 20 kids outside and come back and be like, as long as you can feed them, my brother, it's okay. So that's, that's how I was brought up. Men, I, I kind of feel like men had it easy, but not really. But they had it a bit easy because they could do whatever they wanted. We had to follow the rules, follow the law, do this. It was in the simple things of um, coming back home. They'd ask me to come back home around four, but my, my, my cousins, they can come back home around nine and it's okay. Nobody's gonna shout, nobody's gonna do anything. So when I looked at it, I kind of felt like guys had it easier than we did. That is very true. And one thing that I like um, about your experience is that it highlights two different generations. And I, I also strongly believe that um, with the progress, you can actually tell that we are actually trying because your grandmother was a certain way. So for your mother probably to, to feel a certain way and say something that is more different or um, keeping, I wouldn't say keeping up with the times, but your mom was vigilant in the sense of her trying to rewrite that narrative. And now it has trickled down to you. So I can see that very much and I'm so glad. And I also strongly believe that um, to a great extent, men had it easy because most of my fights growing up with my mother, it was in line with my little brother, you know? So it was, mm. and she also had to snap out of, you know, like understanding that, no, um, now you are in a place where you're raising someone who is all about radical change. So now she would call me, Kidala from the streets, leave my little brother there. I'm like, she calls me to come and wash the dishes, but my brother's right there. I'm just like, why didn't you just call him to come and wash the dishes? It's really that simple. Mm. So glad that we also are seeing those those effects and not only seeing them but also trying to to rewrite the narrative and i'm so glad that um one day we are going to have strong kids and i'm going to take mpo and also to flow in with with palisa so in terms of your experiences when you looked around and then you see okay boys were raised this way girls were raised this way what can you say that it's like stands out for you about it Ah, my story is a bit boring because both my grandmothers were a bit, were 
everybody does exactly the same things. Everybody needs to go to Basti. Everybody, my grand has this saying where she says, you must be single and self-sufficient first before you can look at another person. Like that's literally the kind of woman I was raised by. So I was raised by my grandmother. Um, I'm my mom's only child and my my dad's firstborn. And um, I had the the only other people that were around me were my was my aunt who had two boys. So the three of us, we were we were treated exactly the same. We all had to do dishes the same amount the same amount of dishes we had to um uh clean in the house we all had to do gardening um like literally we were treated the same if i go to my dad's side um we were we are all, all girls so there's no comparison but in terms of my cousins when we all went to my grandmother's house we all did the same things so i think the two two matriarchs from both my families um planted that seed and it's just filtrated through to the other generations so we all just um self-sufficient yeah thank you so much and i like that your experience is also different so would you say that um that is the way in which you want to raise your kids as well definitely definitely oh if i have kids but yeah definitely um because like what what is the point of saying that this person so what is the point of saying that a woman's um duties in the kitchen or this a woman's duties to take care of of a child or praising a man when they help out um cook at the end of the day this is a this is a household that is um started or a home that is started by two people and it both people need to contribute towards it so if you don't start planting those seeds while that man and woman are a boy and girl how do you expect um that to like for them to um continue with that equality when they become a wife and a, a husband or whatever um so yeah definitely thank you so much and i see lesoho and spiwe um raise their hands so we're gonna have lesoho and then spiwe <clears throat> um i i just want to add on to um what you guys are saying about rewriting the narrative because for me i grew up in a household again uh like Mpoentle was saying where both um sort of mother and father contributed to the household right where everyone they made sure that boys and girls did everything as well as the parents where if the mom is late as coming back home late the father cooks where if on a weekend we can't do this the males do it so it wasn't even a thing where um, I knew that I'm the one who washes the dishes or I knew that I have to be doing this and that. If somebody else can't do it, somebody else does it. And I think that's very important because I remember um, one time um, my sister-in-law came to visit our household one time and she came in, woke up very early in the morning, was cleaning and everything. And when we all woke up, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not expecting that of you. When you wake up, you eat and then we decide how we're delegating the duty. So I feel like as, as the gener like the generations are starting to rewrite the narratives, like we're all deciding, like, you know what, actually, this thing of as a male, when you only do gardening, when I don't wash dishes, doesn't work for us anymore. So now when people come in, when we have in-laws, we're also enforcing those things that, you know what, actually relax. We don't expect such things of you. You can decide, what, okay, today we drink this, 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 and we share the duties amongst each other. So that now, now when they start having kids, they don't enforce those things on their kids going further to say, only the boys do this, only the girls do this. So I feel like we are actually starting to rewrite the, the narrative and also just identifying the things that didn't work for us as well. Um, that's how we started to actually see, like, not actually, no, we don't want that anymore. Like, we're very vocal about the things that didn't work back then. 
that are still not working now and things that we want to change. So I feel like um, yeah, it resonated with me a lot with that one. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. So you grew up in a home where there were equal power relations, basically. And that is also beautiful. And um, I saw also Spiwe. Um, yes, Mbadi. Um, yeah, this is an interesting one. I just felt like I needed to trip in because I um, I think like Balisa, you raised with by rather a merit of people, you know, how in our black society that it takes a village to raise a child. So you get exposed to the different types of families and family structures and stuff like that. And obviously because of that now, each family or each part has a way of doing things, you know. And part of my experiences then, um, when I was growing up in my grandmother's house at my mom's aunt's place, um, it was more of girls do this and then boys do that, you know. And with that, you find that um, my mom and my aunts were the ones who were more domesticated than the, the guys. The guys were the ones who were the hustlers, you know. They would go out either driving taxis and all of those things and bring the money home and that money would be spent by the ladies buying groceries, you know, taking care of everything in the house and stuff like that. And then moving now to um, my mother's mom's house, um, my maternal grandmother, things were different, you know. There were so many of my uncles there and my aunts, but everybody was equal, you know. For me, it was a culture shock to be like, oh, okay, malumia peg, malumia clean, malumia koropa, you know, like you go down on your knees and and all of those things, fun polish, shiny food. My grandmother was one of those crazy ones. And then again, like they'll be like noise. Yeah, 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 you stop something poly the jungle, you know, body. You know, so, so, calling them all by names, you know, as well as not just stupid corner, you know. So for me, it was like, oh, okay, so men uh, have to do equally what ladies do, you know. But what that made me appreciate is that when you grow up, because in this day and age, we are all working. In this day and age, we are all bringing some sort of money to the table, stuff like that. So to Lucero's point, changing the narrative now is helping us because we are living in a different era. Back then, it was more industrial than it is now. You know, now more corporate and women are self-sufficient and all of those things. You know? So how do we now put up a plan that benefits both parties in a way that now um, doesn't put any duties to women or men or favors the other over the other? but it's a collaborative thing. And there was a study done to say that in households like that, there is less uh, squabbles, there is less uh, what you call this anxieties and all of those things because it is shared duties. You know, the load is shared amongst the two parties and it's very much collaborative and it's more fun because you know what you need to do and what, and if there's need for change, conversations encourage all of that. So yeah, for me, I think the latter part of my upbringing is nice because you know, when you come home, whoever comes back home first, can cook, you know, and it will be a decent meal. It's not like of some sort. So yeah. <laughs> yes. And I think also, thank you so much for that. That was brilliant. And with women, I think also one of our greatest fights is those unequal scales, you know. Um, first of all, we both leave in the morning. Uh, we need to to be at work at eight. Both of us, you two, you know, we knock off at the same time. When I get home, 
steady chilling way. Nah, nah, I have to do. Nkari, I was not doing anything at work. Like I was just sitting there twiddling my thumbs the entire day or whatever. Like make sense of it. We left at eight together. And then I'm dropping off the kids before work. And then I come back. I fetch the kids. All you do is drive back home. When you get there, you stare at the park. Even though you're in front of the TV. When I get there, I have to like be busy clearing out the toys. You couldn't even clear out the choice. Come on. <laughs> you know, so I think our greatest fight is like that unequal balance because it feels very unfair. And it's like, okay, fine. With my physical stance, um, don't I get tired too? Like, don't I don't I get tired as well? So the shared duties, I think, also is one thing that we have in common because what you were saying is that you enjoyed that that latter part of your life. And um clearly Lesoho also enjoyed that upbringing as well. And um, also what we need to be, I think, very vigilant of is like how also some people are still um, within that traditional field in that really in their relationships. You know, some people really just genuinely want to do this and they want to do this. They're all about like gender roles. But it is unfortunate that we cannot make sense of the fact that one person like literally I hate ironing with my life. I hate the dishes. I don't want I don't want any of that. I I hate it. Dishes, ironing, laundry, you count me out. But call me for mental work any day. Give me mental work and I will flourish, you know. And it is also unfortunate that, okay, with one of my cousins too, he hates doing gardening. He's a gent. He hates it. Like he hates it. But my grandmother constantly puts him in that space. He hates it. You look at his, his face, it's with a depressive state. And I think also... um. It brings me to to the next question of um, how we are constantly like in society doing things for other people, right? So let's talk about body, like our bodies as women, okay? So um, from the transition from childhood to to adulthood, we have what we call like um, dysmorphia, né? Body dysmorphia is basically like looking at yourself in such a way that... Um, there are you see defects about yourself while growing up you know and then um because of the space that you in contribute so much whether it's like in school for example you felt like you you needed to be a bit lighter or maybe a bit skinnier and it was a thing that was very long term i wanted to talk about that and with that experience um i just i don't want to pick anyone at this point but um anyone who wants to jump in can do that right now so um going to take like for example my nose was an issue for me because in our schools like my nose is like sharp you know if you can actually check but most of my peers didn't have like sharp noses so it was a thing of I really 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 felt bad that my nose was sharp but then at this point in time like after a very long time like a long time I feel better right now and if anything it's like my favorite aspect on my face you know I know that a lot of women go through, especially with bodies, you know, bodies and how we look as a whole. So do you have any of those those experiences where growing up you felt like I needed to change something about myself? So if no one is going to go, I'm going to take pointly. Sorry, um, I dropped off there a bit from the internet connection. So um, what's the question? Um, we're talking about um, body, like our bodily changes as women and um, growing up, dysmorphia, 
right? So sometimes it is a case where the environment that you grow in kind of like cultivates the kind of where you want to look, you know? So in most cases, I know that women find themselves in spaces where they're constantly trying to change themselves. And I don't know if it's age related or what, but growing up there, a lot of issues where we find our image um, flawed and we see that we want to change a lot of other things about ourselves, but it's never for ourselves. So I wanted to know if you've had any of those experiences. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for me growing up, it was always my body. Um, I was like the tallest person and the biggest person. I think at like 10, I was like wearing size 36 or something like that. Um, so I was very like yeah yeah it really docked my confidence a lot um and then I went through a period I think when I was 12 13 where I wasn't eating much um or where I was very active so I was very active and I wasn't eating much and I think because of I was just growing then I just shed all the way um but I was still very insecure for the longest of times um I think now that I'm also uh, I think I'm, I'm I'm around 24. My body's also starting to change in the sense that I'm not petite anymore. I'm starting to have curves. So it's a matter of um, how do I balance what I think I should look like or what my how my body is 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 evolving. Um, how do I show myself love and enjoy every single minute? Because the truth is, when I'm wearing whatever, I'll get compliments, and sometimes I'll be like, "Oh no, really, 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 whatever." But I think I'm at a place where I'm starting to be comfortable in whatever body I'm, I'm in. I think it's a matter of you just being healthy. As long as you're healthy and you can do whatever you want to do. If, if my body's in a place where I can do the general things that make me happy, then so be it. I don't necessarily have to be like the person in the magazine because at the end of the day, they probably even edited too. Um, so yeah, but it's a difficult thing, especially I think in a, at the end of the day, I'm a black woman and a black girl and black bodies are not necessarily celebrated unless it's somebody who's decided to go and change their body to be like black people and then theirs is a celebrated. Such a weird thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I'm in a place where I'm being more comfortable in the skin that I'm in. Yeah. And I am so happy that that is how you feel right now because that transition or rather that confidence is a lot of work. It is a lot of work and it is a lot of healing too, you know, like just accepting that, okay, I transitioned from this place, I mean, this place, and now I'm at this place as well. And I mean, like our bodies are also very different, you know, they are very, very different. And I see TD raised her hand. So I'm just going to take TD and please switch on your mic. Hi, ladies. Sorry. Um, I'm just having bad internet connection so i just want everyone to see me hi but i'm going to switch off the camera because of the bandwidth all right um it's such a pleasure to be here um so yeah on the topic of body dysmorphia i hope i'm saying it right um i think a lot of women and i can also speak um for myself as well when i say i also had issues um, with that, especially when your body just starts developing out of nowhere. I was a stick, okay? I had no ass, no boobs, nothing. I was a stick. Um, <laughs> so once the boobs started developing and the curves started developing and the bums started developing and noticing that, oh, boys are starting to look at me in a certain way and the girls now don't like me very much. I know that's a different uh, topic that I'm that I'm actually um, mentioning right now, 
um, also the bullying and everything, you grow to just hate everything about yourself, even though people may see it as something that is attractive or that is um, maybe appealing to the eye, right? So uh, for me, my teenage years were just horrible because um, I would just look at myself and I feel like, oh, my body is a bit disproportional uh, or something because one curve is higher than the other or one bum is bigger than the other. You start seeing weird things, even your boobs. One boob is bigger than the other, one boob is smaller than the other. And I think um, I know that when we talk about these things, we don't talk about the environments that we also grow up in because they also have such a great influence, right? In our upbringing, in our uh, personal development, in even our own self-esteem and our self-confidence. And I think uh, with me, you know, I didn't have a mother that used to compliment me for my body. She'd actually just say, oh, no, don't, don't go outside wearing that or don't look like that. Cover up. Men, when men see you, but oh, Hey, wait, So for me, even at my big age, I'm 27 now, but I don't wear shorts. I am so insecure about wearing shorts. I'm just like, oh, you know, sometimes I think I know that South Africa is not really safe. And we as women, we don't really 100 percent feel safe because of our past experiences, etc. And also the things that we see in society. But I think sometimes we also don't talk about um, women supporting women, regardless of their body shape, you know, we just empowering each other. I know the movements have started now where we are normalizing normal body shapes and sizes, but um, also just uplifting your friend or just uplifting a stranger in the street, you know, meet, I, I'm the kind of person that will meet a fine woman in the street and I'll just tell her, you look gorgeous, honey. Like I've learned that sometimes a person will just be going through something and especially during the pandemic as well. And just that lady just hearing, oh my gosh, I'm so pretty today. I didn't even realize that I'm pretty. And some of them would literally just say, oh no, um, you know, it's or they. It's like we women, we try our utmost best. Whenever we get a compliment, we reflect it back and we don't accept it, right? We're just like, oh no, you know, these are just old pants. I didn't say anything about your pants. I just said you look good and that's it. And I think that comes from a a childhood thing where when you accept compliments, when you say, yes, I also feel fine today, um, it's taken as um, you're cocky or arrogant or you're just too much or people just try to, 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 let me just say the pull her down syndrome. And I think that that's something that we also need to unpack and talk about. But yeah, for me, um, I think maybe as I got older, I started accepting my body that, hey, I have cellulite, um, my bum, maybe one bum may be bigger than the other or one boob might be bigger than the other, but I don't care. It's my body. Um, only I see those things um, and some people just don't see those things. But yeah, I've learned to accept myself with that regard and learned to compliment women better, even elderly women. Like you would be so surprised. Like some women you see them, you're like, this one was fine back in the day. And you just tell her, Mama, you look so beautiful. And you'll just see them blushing. And it's so beautiful to watch. So I just wanted to encourage everyone in the room to just keep encouraging, keep complimenting. It doesn't take anything from you from complimenting another woman. Um, also check yourselves as well. I also check myself a lot. I do a lot of self-introspection as well and try my best not to project. So that's my two cents. 
Thank you so much, TD. And there's just something about being complimented by women. I think also it's the approach. It's soft, you know, and how we compliment each other. You can see that there's a lot of depth. So it's 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 soft. I don't know if I'm making sense, but mm. being complimented much as it's a shock, but mm. it's so and it feels really good, you know. That up, and I hope that um from this day on, if we haven't been giving other women compliments, I think that's one thing to do. I see that mm. Haji and so we're gonna have Haji then Lesejo. And then Spiwe. And then Palisa. <laughs> this is a very, um, yo, this is a complex topic. Um, and I say that because for women, it's, it's, sort of a, it's sort of a mental prison, this thing of body image and um because the thread here is that no matter how gorgeous you look, no matter how short, tall, voluptuous, skinny, um, thick, big you are, you're always caught in the prison of your imperfect body. And I think it's 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 the most it's the most sad thing. I don't know how men experience it, um, but it's so sad because I'm thinking right now as you guys are speaking and I'm, I was asking myself, have I ever been in a phase where I appreciated my body? Like I just, I was just like, mm, yes, girl. You know, have I ever been in that phase? Because now the older that I am, the more I'm like, yo, but I used to be fine, hey? And it's like, and you're just like, yeah, but when you were fine, you didn't see that you were fine. And then you're like, okay, so am I fine now? Am I gonna feel that way in five, 10 years? You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's I think we need to one, normalize the fact that there is no such thing as a normal body shape you are in your you're in your body as long as you're healthy as long as you're 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 actively taking care of yourself your 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 shape your whatever doesn't even matter because honey in five years it's gonna change for women it's even worse because as soon as you have a baby things go left things go up things go down things like dude Every single day, embrace it. Embrace what you look like. Your titties are small today. Find a shirt that you can, like, go, yes, I can finally wear that shirt where the titties will look small and it, it'll be fine. Oh, the titties look big today. Oh, I have that shirt, honey, you know? Like, embrace every every type of, of season that your body goes through. And I think that really will will help us be in a, in a better mental state because there's so much more going on in the world than your body, <laughs> you know? And the sad thing is we, we go through, we, it, it's so painful. You go through your, 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 your season hating 
something that is feeding you, something that is carrying you, something that is living and breathing for you, that is carrying the spirit. And you're bringing it down constantly because of stretch marks. Stretch marks? <laughs> you, those are, that's your problem? Cellulite? <laughs> like, I don't know if you get me, but like just hearing like importantly saying, you know, she was a size 36 and then she was skinny and now she's voluptuous. And it's like, I'm sure you were beautiful at all those phases, but you couldn't, we live in a society where embracing your body doesn't, isn't, you know, it isn't something that we do. And it's like, dude, your body's still going to change, boo. Like all of you, I'm telling all of you, your body's still going to do these crazy things. I'm even telling me, Haji, your body's going to change. And you want to you wanna have spent two years of your life hating what it looked like and not enjoying your life. I, I don't know. I just had a I just had an aha moment and I'm just like, okay, cool. Guys, can we normalize um, actually just going with the flow when it comes to your body? Today you're big, tomorrow you're skinny, the next week you're, you're whatever, you're short, the following year you're tall, cool. Your body is doing what your body must do. Accept and enjoy and move on. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Thank you so much, Haji. That was brilliant. That was so brilliant. And it is so unfortunate that um, women are constantly like shamed for biological factors, you know. And like you said, your body will change for various reasons, even beyond your control. I mean, you stress, your body changes. Some people stress eat. Some people, when they stress, they don't eat. You know, there's pregnancy. There's there's just a whole lot of things, you know, and your mental health too. There's a lot of things that come into play as well. So, Lesejo, um, you raised your hand and then we're going to have Lesejo now. All right. Um, I just wanted to to just add on to what everyone is saying, which is just so beautiful and like resonates with me so much. Um, I think what I've come to realize is that a lot of our like body dysmorphia um, is sort of the pressure that comes with looking in certain ways added on by society. It's a lot of societal like standards that sort of dictate how we feel about our bodies at a certain point in time. So for me, I know um, just when I was in high school, or was it primary or what? I forgot. But I went to a school where majority of the girls were just curvy. They had butts. They were, and I really wasn't. Like the first high school that I went to, I didn't have an ass that was you know, and curves that look like that. And it was a thing where it's like, how oh, girl, and then you look at everyone and then you, what's happening? So like, I'd never wear skirts because in skirts, like I'm not, uh, you know, so I wouldn't wear skirts. I wouldn't wear that. And then I went to a different high school where I went to school with like a lot, a lot more white people. And I was the curvy yana one, you know, small yana ass there. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I feel good. I like my body then. And then again, you come to varsity where people have different bodies. Omunga, what waist? When are your waist is there? You know? <laughs> so all these things, literally society, just how people perceive bodies at different points in time also alters how we feel about our own bodies, you know? Like, I remember literally just this morning, I wanted to have pub in the morning. And I was like, Mara, sama And then I was like, you know what? Sama will find me the way I am. It's okay. Like, it'll find me the way I am. 
I will eat what I want to eat. I will enjoy what I want to eat. Like, it's fine. I have to, I feel like we need to get to a point where we're unapologetic about how we look. It's okay for me to be like that. So when somebody else comes and says, hi, girl, madam, cover, oh, uh, and then it's okay. Like, that's my cover. I'm okay with that. Because the minute we, we allow what society um, says or how they feel about certain things, that's how we start projecting that to ourselves. Like, Marana, my nose is not as tall. My, my waist definitely exists. But, you know, so if we're okay with how we look, if we're unapologetic about the fact that, you know what, I look like this, I'm okay. I feel like that's where we can sort of try addressing the problems that we may have um, with, like, body dysmorphia. I see here TJ saying, be kinder to ourselves, definitely, because we put so much pressure on ourselves to look a certain way join the gym because summer's coming. We need to happy summer bodies. I mean, in winter, oh, like all that stress that comes with it. You can't just be eating girl because now summer's coming. The bikini wear, no bearing. Like, it, yeah. Anyway, that's just all I had to say. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I just saw that Titi said, um, we need to learn to be kinder to ourselves. And basically, like, um, I think it highlights what you were saying. And I'm going to take Spiro's hand and... Um, also, please flow in because it's black women on this platform right now. I want to I want to hear um, from you. Do you think there's more bodily pressure on black women as opposed to other races? Um, most definitely. Um, uh, but I'm going to say this with a pinch of salt because um, back then, a perfect body was from um a white lady in a magazine you know um who was just with um back then it used to be a pamela anderson type of a body you know uh or that model that had nice gorgeous straight legs and all of those things curves in the right places you know and the challenge that with that is that it's somebody else's opinion and it's somebody else's preference, you know? And there you are now trying to retrofit yourself to look a certain way so that you can be approved or acknowledged by that particular person. And at the end of the day, you lose your individuality so much that it even frustrates you, you know, and causes all these anxieties now because you're trying to model yourself into something that you are not and you are not created to be, you know? And that's what society does to us. It, it plays tricks on us, you know? There's a book that I'm currently reading uh, um, I should have read it a long time ago. I don't know if uh, anyone has read it or is reading it. Um, the Four Agreements, you know, that book is so powerful. Um, part of the, the part that I'm on now is not to take anything personally, you know. Um, that part just says that what, whether people compliment you or not, it does not bother you because you are so content with the agreement of, within yourself. Or, I am beautiful. I am gorgeous. I am smart. I never used to wake, like, walk out without wearing a wig or long hair. I never, because I felt like I was ugly, you know? I used to have brown teeth, uh, chocolate brownie, uh, chocolatey, and stuff like that in primary, you know? And that really toyed and played with my confidence, you know? I never used to wear short hair. I never used to wear natural hair, you know? Um, I, 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 I had a problem. I felt like I was ugly. And it took me to gradually look at myself in the mirror and appreciate me for me to acknowledge and accept myself for myself when I go out there it's actually the confidence that I have that sells me more than my looks you know because sometimes you find really beautiful ladies but because of their confidence they don't feel beautiful and 
they don't exude it or protrude it, you know? So it's not sometimes about how you look, but it's more important about how you feel. To Haji's point, to say that, you know that when you look at yourself in the mirror, say, damn it, girl, and when you rock it, you're like, yeah, the world is looking at me. It is it. It is, you know, it is about first accepting yourselves. I was making pointers here. Um, the first one is that complimenting others to TD's point, you know, says a lot about you than it says about the other person that you're complimenting. It means you are self-sufficient. You are confident with yourself that you it doesn't take away anything from you to compliment the next person. Because sometimes because we are jealous and our self-confidence within ourselves has a problem, we find that if I say that to somebody else, who's going to say it to me? Well, say it to yourself, you know, and still pass on that, that compliment to the next person, you know? And then the other point that I made as we were talking, it's great. Um, compliments are great coming from a woman, you know, because we live in a culture of body shaming, you know, so much. So pull her down syndrome has more power than us complimenting each other. So the reason why it hits so much um, Bali, um, on us when a woman compliments, because you know what it takes for a woman to say you are beautiful. You know how much it takes for, because it's easy for them to look at whatever is ugly or not so good about you and protrude that. But for them to take the good turn and say, Yazumushi, I like your lashes. I like, there's so much attention to detail there and you get to appreciate it more, you know? So that's why it hits home when it's said by a woman than a man. And then secondly, uh, second last, appreciate yourself so much that it doesn't matter what others say or don't say about you. It will not affect you, you know? And then lastly, um, we are always listening to ourselves, you know? So where you say, yo, Yazumushi, Angikomushi, or even if it's in your head, that little voice, you're always listening to yourself. So training ourselves to appreciate ourselves and 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 say good things before even the next person says it. Oh, Haji, I like your short hair. Those earrings are so gorgeous. And let it be that you've said it to yourself first, you know. And with that, you you easily celebrate the next person because you're so content about yourself. I can preach the whole thing. You ladies are just. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Spiwe. And I love also what you said. Um, I think also with, with us complimenting each other, I think the reason it hits so deep is because you see that element of unlearning certain cultural norms, you know, like how we never really, um, if anything, competition from when we were young, you know, like how you guys talked about um, dishes and all of that. It, it was always a thing of if you can't cook, then who's going to marry you. So subconsciously it was um, embedded in us to like compete for men before we even just found ourselves within our passions. And I saw that Haji raised her hand and I, um, I'm also going to ask you to flow into social media too, you know, like those pressures, how are you navigating social media, not only in terms of your body, but in general as a woman? Um, okay, that's a really good question. Um, but I just also wanted to add and reiterate that um, more than anything, we should strive to just be healthy because being kind to our bodies is, I think it's paramount. Um, the idea of a summer body, what is a summer body? Your body is there even in winter. It's there in, in, in autumn. It's there in spring. <laughs> what is a summer body? <laughs> Think about your body is your body is your body is your body. I think we don't 
we don't really um, consider the fact that it's doing so much work to keep us alive. Can you assist and help throughout? Fine, how about Papa Girl, you know, it's fine, but is it healthy? Is it good? Does it make you feel good? When you eat it, how do you feel afterwards? I think that's the kind of chats we need to be having with ourselves. That's why I raised my hand. Um, but in terms of social media, so I have a thing, right, where I, as soon as it starts being obsessive, like as soon as it's, it starts being heavy, as soon as it starts being pressure, I'll just be like, you know what, actually, as soon as I find myself at a restaurant and I am so obsessed with trying to get the perfect picture of my meal that it's getting cold, like, girl, no. No, 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 no. You're not chatting to your friends. You are checking Instagram reels and you are checking, um, you know, all these things. That's where I'm just like, as soon as it starts becoming my world, I'm already just like, no, 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 no. You're doing too much. And then when it comes to the pressures, uh, and I wish I was, I wish I was, I was, I was more grown. I wish I was more, I wish I was stronger. You know, I'll, I'll look at pages for hours, you know, hours guys, where you just like, yo, if I could, if I could dream and look like this, if I could this and I could this and I could this and I could this, especially Instagram. Instagram is, Instagram is where dreams go to die. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Instagram is where we go to, 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 to create these unbelievable standards for ourselves. And we have no way of attaining them because nobody's telling you how and nobody's actually being honest and saying oh yo bro i don't eat three times a week because i look like this you know it's all oh yes oh yes i work out oh yes i only do this and this and this and yes my hair is straight like this because of this and this you don't see what's actually happening in that person's life and even if it's happening in that person's life, it's not happening in yours. They don't have your job. They don't have your boss. They don't have your 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 deadlines and your 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 boyfriend and your your best friend and your mom and your dad. And so it's 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 just a it's for me it's toxic. I am in a toxic relationship with Instagram, and I am trying to wean myself off of the toxic fumes that is instagram um i don't know if you ladies want to um confess your toxic <laughs> relationships <laughs> and if you don't have toxic relationships please share how you are how you're how you're cleansing yourself of of that space because I don't want to delete instagram i like instagram it's just that ish man <laughs> it's I love that you said a relationship because it is like thing is also with Instagram. It's so difficult to, 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 to like to know how to use it because you can easily off ramp. And I think what you were saying is that um, basically with Instagram, why it's toxic is because the process is not shared. You know, 
there's no process. It's just like a ah, picture and that's all you have, you know? Mm-hmm. And for the time with me, I, I, I was following these pages and I love what you said about the pressure, you know? And I felt pressure. And I was like, nah, I have to like withdraw. I'm more of a Facebook person than an Instagram person because I love engagement and I see more progress. Like people talk about their progress more that side, you know? And I saw that um, before I attend to the ladies who raised their hands, Palisa has been quiet for quite some time. So I need her to tell me how she navigates her, her space, her social media space. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not just quiet. I'm listening and I'm taking in the ladies are brilliant. I am learning so much from you guys. But as for Instagram and social media, it's not, I, I do things for, for, for myself. I don't do things to, to get approval or anything. So the pages I follow on Instagram, like I follow chefs, I like cooking. So I follow chefs, I follow things that I like to do, things that won't put too much pressure on me. Like, I know I don't like working out. I've tried it. I have gone to gym, paid for gym membership for two years and not hitting the gym at all. You know, so I just do things for myself, things that make me happy, things that make me content. So if I want to work out, I'll have, you know, a spillion you know, that energy to do it for a week and then I'll do it then. And after that, if I don't feel like doing it anymore, I won't do it. But I I, I eat well. <laughs> I look after myself. I drink a lot of water. So I, I just do things for myself. I go out. I don't take pictures of my food at all. I want to enjoy my food. The minute my plate gets to my table, I start eating. I forget that there's my phone. I literally forget my phone. I forget I have a phone. And now it's it's becoming a bad thing because when you are running a company, you need to be on your phone, you need to post, you need to ask people to support your business. I'm trying, I'm trying to learn that thing. But yeah, I don't, I don't struggle with social media. I, I don't struggle. I don't put pressure on myself. I have learned from a young age to try and love myself as I am because there's no me, there's no other me. This is it and it's not practice. We're not going to uh, redo this. This is what I need to be happy. Above everything, I need to be happy. And if you are not happy with my happy, then you mustn't be in my space. That's it. Thank you so much. I found that so inspirational. You know, like I, I love that. I love that. And on the topic of gym, girl, don't even talk about the gym because. But like, like, you know, I'm just like, I'm not even trying anymore, you know. And I'm going to take TD because her hand has been up for quite some time, then Lisejo, and then Spiwe. Oh, thank you. Um, I like what uh, Haji and Balesa have actually mentioned. Um, on the topic of social media, um, you know, I we all started well i know for myself um i also have a few platforms that i'm on youtube and all of that um and i don't know if you've all watched um you know some people talking about the effects of social media on mental health um on women becoming bbls you know with all of these injections and all of these things but um i like what balisa said you know it it all boils down to you 
if you feel like it's toxic, take some time off. So I take time off social media. I, you know, I know I have to post on YouTube, but sometimes guys, you can't even create content because your mind is definitely not okay. Okay, a BBL is those girls that have um, implants, like butt implants and curve implants and all of that. So that's what a BBL is. So um, for me, when it comes to social media, I have definitely can. I've conditioned myself to feel that no, when it's when I start obsessing over, you know, sometimes you overstock certain people. Like you just find yourself seeing more of their content. And like ah, um. But the thing that we don't know about social media is that you control your algorithm. So it's all about an algorithm, right? It's all about what you click on. So let's say you want to see more of women empowerment things. You can literally search it. Spend like a day two or three um just you know researching uh, women empowerment things and even if sometimes you see things that are relevant to women empowerment click on it it just takes one click and the algorithm will completely change now i've learned to make the algorithm work for me because i follow a lot of pages on women empowerment on businesses on uh you know all of these different platforms that i know that i can learn and grow and now my tiktok my youtube my instagram is more educational than actually it being more um superficial uh, so to speak because people are just sharing their cars and all of that but they'll never share when their car is being repossessed right so even my my twitter as well you know my twitter is more educational if you just see it if it's not women empowerment it's educational stuff i'm also in online teaching and stuff i also educate people on online teaching and getting into the online teaching space so i see all of that and now i'm happy but sometimes you know how the algorithm works it works against you sometimes it'll just remind you about the person that you were before that you did not want to see. And a lot of men as well, and I also want to talk about that. Men also following big bums and all of that, they start seeing all of that and then you start having problems in your relationship. But that's a topic for another day, I'm, I'm digressing. But it all has to do with what you're clicking on. And if you have a better understanding of how social media works, you can actually get the algorithm to work for you instead of it depressing you because i don't know if you've also watched the social dilemma it's on netflix it mm -hmm. shows how the algorithm works it actually works there are days when it gives you a high then there are days when you, you know you don't see anything at all you just see general things you don't know what's going on on your social media and then sometimes you just become so depressed so it's actually a psychological thing that works on you for you to keep getting that uh, that high and then that low and then when you're low again that's why we are so addicted to social media but if you get it to work for you i'm telling you you'll be just fine All right that's oh. my two cents i i have nothing to add on that because i absolutely just agree with everything you know how it works for you and it's it's thank you so much for mentioning algorithms you know and i wish i knew that at an earlier stage in life because right now i don't i don't have like i hardly have influences i'm just rolling there with black love um therapy every single day you know when i open and i actually look forward to it because right now it's just like in line with my own things and listen your your hand was up and then after you it's going to be spewing all right. Um, I really, really love what uh, TD mentioned. She literally took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I just wanted to touch on, I made a couple of points. 
And um, going back to what Haji was saying, you know, when you go out for lunch and then before the lunch starts or before you start eating, you want to take pictures and it's not the perfect angle. Oh no, this is showing, you must clear bags. You know, it takes away so much from that moment because now it has to be the right angle, but now no, the dress is showing. No, but this is not showing. And I realized that it can actually end up making us so unhappy. Like we can become so unhappy that in that moment, because you didn't get a perfect picture, the lunch is ruined. What am I going to post now? Pen I was out. It must show, you know. Now you have a picture, but it's not the best quality. It's not an iPhone 12 Pro Max. So now it's like, it's not the best. You know, so social media, it literally can make us so unhappy. Because now if you don't have an iPhone, you don't feel like your phone is of good quality. You don't want to take pictures anymore. I remember there was a year where I had to, like have a phone near camera thing shop at all. And I didn't take pictures. Only I only took pictures of people's phones. With my phone, I never took. Because it was a thing of okay, Mara, when I post this man, you can't see me properly. You know? I was like, you can't see my full form in this phone. But it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the fact that I didn't feel that I was beautiful, but that when I posted on social media, would everybody else see just how good I looked? You know, and now because the picture wouldn't show that I look good, I wouldn't actually like post it anymore. So for me, I've just realized like, you know what, actually, we put so much pressure on ourselves. And one of the ways that I have sort of tried to sort of decrease that pressure or um, not, not, yeah, decrease the pressure, I don't follow celebrities. So I've just decided if I am curious about Mamang, I will search them and I will go see what I want to see. But I don't follow them at all because I feel like it puts so much pressure. Her face beat is always on point. Lighting always on point. Now I'm trying the angles. I don't have cameraman. You know, so it's just so much pressure that you don't realize what goes into that picture that they post. The fact that they have camera people, lights, camera action, just to get that one photo that they post. Everything is edited. There's no stretch mark anywhere. You know, but like we don't see that. Then we just see the picture there. They look beautiful. Sunset. Now you go on vacation. You also want sunset, but it's really like you don't have the cameraman there and the editor to check everything. The the, the videos that people make when they're announcing that they babies. Learn you want the same one because you know it's just so much pressure. And I feel like it just literally makes us so unhappy. Um, so I feel like for me, I've decided to. I think what um I think it was Palissa who was saying that decide what you want to take in. So I've decided I'm not following celebrities. If I'm curious about Mang Mang, I will go search them and I will see what's happening, but I won't follow them. I also decided, no, I follow people that I know, people that are my peers, people that I, maybe I went to high school with. I see they're progressing in life, in, in, things that are inspiring, things that, you know. So for me, I've just decided that that's what I'm going to do. And I post what I like. If I feel like that's cute, I'm going to post it. Even if nobody sends those hearts, I felt cute in that outfit. I'm going to post it. Yeah, there my eyelash, my brow didn't necessarily curve nicely. It's fine. You know what? I like how I look. And I feel like if we are happy with ourselves, what we bring to the table, then it doesn't matter. They have the curves. have the nicest lighting. They have whatever. Because at the end of the day, um, it's like what, these, what um, TD was saying. It literally messes with our mind. It messes with our mind so much that people don't feel confident, people don't feel beautiful because they don't look like the celebrity. They bought the same dress, Maragona, it doesn't fit as nicely, you know? So it can literally lead to like mental health issues because we're consuming things that make us feel that we're not enough, that we're not adequate. So I feel like always decide for yourself, does this make me feel good? After watching this person's 
stories do I feel good afterwards do I feel like you know what girl actually you know let me go actually put on my brows then do I feel good off if you don't maybe you shouldn't be consuming that maybe take a break from it you know so I feel like yeah that's just my two cents you you left no stone unturned like everything I think fundamentally like social media has become like a space where we make our lives about people before even making our lives about ourselves you know it's a thing of um and I love how what you said about you being okay with yourself you know and I think also that space yeah social media it will expose you to your point your self-esteem yourself like it will bring you to your knees like that's when you see that okay fine um r- right now when I look at Bonang is it from a point of aspiration or gets like stress? There's a difference, you know, like, and I love what you said. Yo, you know, you look at a picture, a one, just one picture of that celebrity. And I'm just like, this cannot just be an iPhone. No, someone is there. <laughs> someone is there, you know? And if you don't know that you will get a pro max and still not, not get the results or stressing, you know what? You will have the latest phone, but still you are under a lot of pressure. And I see Spiwe's hand is up. So we're going to have Spiwe. And then after that, we're going to start talking about also serious things that um, cover ourselves as women. And we're going to be moving to Korea and we're going to start with Mpo. But I'll ask her the question just after Spiwe. Okay. Um, thank you, Mbali. I, I think Nisilfa sounded very nicely for me. Uh, part of the points that I was having to answer Haji's questions. You know, there's, there's beauty in finding yourself, you know, and appreciating yourself for who you are. Because some of these social pressures, there's one thing that my dad uh, said to me, I was 18 or 21, somewhere there. And we're having this conversation and he was like, do you know the tennis ladies, um, the Williams? I'm like, yes. So there's one thing that their father once said to them, which I want to pass on to you. I'm like, okay. And he was like, he was advising them and saying the only pressure that will ever get to you is the pressure that you allow in. So no matter how much pressure is exerted on you, but if you resist against it, it will never get to you. So it's it's just about that, finding yourself and appreciating yourself for who you are. So all these things, when they come, they don't get to you. So that was that. And then the... Other thing is being fine with yourself. You know, once you are fine with yourself, it's 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 easier, man. You know, you 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 get to look at your bonans instead of getting pressure. You like you get more inspired than pressurized. You know, like oh, actually, I like that. I like how she's dressed. You know, um, maybe that would look good on me. But you don't feel the pressure of now wanting to look like her because you are fine with yourself. You know, and you're just merely inspired by the look or by that. So and then. The other thing that I see is that being present in moments and also distracting yourself with things that you love, you know, um, with finding yourself, you get to know what works for you, what doesn't, you know, um, I'm not a crowds person, I'm put me in a crowd, I won't be speaking like this, I'll be the most quietest person ever, you know, but give me people who are empowering like this, conversations that are encouraging, you know, and where I can be vulnerable, and it's safe, you know, that's when I just become myself, you know, so when you understand things about yourself, you get to distract yourself with things that really matter to you to, to see this point, you know because you know that me spending time on 
uh, social media is not really valuable for me. Instead, it makes me grumpy. It makes me angry. It makes me all of these things. So what is it that doesn't make me angry? What makes me happy? What is my happy place? What is my safe space? And then tuning your attention to the, I love hiking. You know, I know that when I hike, um, read books or whatever, you know, that just takes that, yeah, out of me, you know? So finding things like that, and you find that the more you do it, the less time I actually care about social media. You know, my account has been dormant for I don't know how long. And even when I had it, my so my Instagram, it was because I was trying it out and to test if it works for me. And I found that, okay, it's not my thing. And that's the beauty of it. You learn as you try. So the more you try out things, that's how you get to learn yourself as a whole. Okay, no, this is for me. This is not for me. This is for me. This is not for And you get more and more comfortable in yourself and then just lastly um you know when you are in the moment you get to not regret much to uh to that scenario of 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 of, of the food and everything like that because the conversations you're having with the next person are so valuable you get so much insight and you don't look back in regret you're like yo you know that conversation that we had when we were eating it is the reason why now my business is a multi-billionaire business you know so being in the moment and being so present to td's point helps you to actually empower yourself and you live with little, little regret, you know, because you get so much from that moment. And part of the, the resolutions, just the last point that I've made for myself this year is to be present. I was, I was, I was an achievement junkie, you know, I wanted to achieve like so much, get a car, get a house, get this, get that, get that, you know, that I, I did, I really lost track of being in the moment. Part of being 31 for me was like, girl, now you're closing the calendar. It is okay. Let's start afresh. Let's start this new life and give ourselves that chance now to absorb ourselves, being in the moment, cherishing every encounter that you have, cherishing the moment that you are in and not be distracted, you know, and it takes discipline, but the beauty of it, at the end of the day, you get to be so comfortable and knowledgeable about so many things and not just about yourself, but so many things because you are aware of what's happening, what is being said and yeah. I'll end it for now. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for that. Like, I just had a couple of revelations myself, and I think everyone else just kind of had revelations. And you just brought up um aspects of our lives maybe that we weren't really aware of because I know from my side, I'm just like be present, like a sense of urgency. And also for women, I think we're always on a constant quest to prove ourselves so much that we do we do forget to be present you know and also part of that is um our greatest you know like fights also with transitioning you know as as a society it's just like now uh with career it is very difficult for people to understand that for women it can really just be your everything you know your career can be your everything so i just want us to to talk about our careers and um importantly sorry again um so you're gonna go first and what what are the obstacles that you have been facing as a woman in your career um sure i think what's throwing me off is the the last bit that you've put in as a woman so i'm not sure if it's as a woman, what are my answer is going to be as a woman or if it's a general thing. Um, so maybe I'll get feedback from everyone else. So I'm in a place where um, 
you know, I think when Spear said she was all about achievement driven, I am that person and I'm trying to unlearn that. Um, I matriculated at 16, had my first degree at 19. By 22, I had my master's. So, you know, I'm just going for big five firm interviews and stuff like that. So, and then one day I realized that, yes, I love law, but I don't want to be an attorney. And then the conversation everyone is having has been, why did she study it? Um, you're not going to be a real lawyer. And so then I'm ending up having to carve a different path for myself, um, whether it's detrimental, we'll see. But right now my gut is saying yes, and everything is just falling into place, weirdly enough. Um, so I went straight after my master's in law, I went straight to corporate at a um, tech co-company. Um, I started off as a compliance intern. So at first it was a, oh my gosh, I've got a master's and I'm starting off as an intern, but I was like, you know what? It's okay. I'm here to learn. Um, and while being there, I ended up getting a permanent post in the company secretarial um, team um, for JC listed company. And the struggles I am having right now um, are a matter of where to next or not necessarily next because I'm content with where I am for a couple more years because I'm learning so much. I'm ending up being in boardrooms with women who have looked up so looked looked up to basically for the longest. Um, women who are CEOs of JC listed companies. So, and I think for me, I'm not I'm not. The struggles that I guess um, would be assumed that I would have in the sense that I have to prove myself and so on. I'm not having those because my leader is a woman and she's a woman who gathers everyone as a mother hen and makes sure she protects you and makes sure she equips you. And But like I think because she's in her 60s and she's about to leave, she's trying to make sure everyone is as equipped as possible and they're able to climb up the ladder. So my problem is, one, it was what I said before of... Um, uh, um, imposter syndrome, um, not, not believing that I'm where I am at 24 and interacting with all these people and making the decisions that I'm doing. And two, what, what kind of path am I then carving? Um, because it's so weird when I was speaking to my coach, she was saying probably a man who was in that same role that you have would have been like, yeah, I deserve this. I deserve to be, yeah, I worked hard. Maybe not. Even if I'm born, I should be doing even more, you know. So just <laughs> um, trust my gut moving forward. Um, no matter what naysayers might say, even if people might not call me a real lawyer, it's okay. I know I get to practice law every day, interact with um, the the big leagues, and I think it's grooming me for something even bigger in the future. Yeah, that's a mouthful. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> I am truly inspired. I am so inspired that I I like words, you know, I, I just like words. And all I can say to you is that you deserve to be there and you worked hard and no one, with the game, we confirm it, you know, just know that you deserve to be there. And I love the example that you made that had it been a man in that position, it was going to be different. and they weren't going to downplay themselves like that, you know? And if anything, you worked probably twice as hard because you know how society is structured for women. You know the hierarchy, you know, 
the place in education we're at as women. So I commend you for all of that. And you should be very proud of yourself too, because I can see that every lady here is proud of you. So take it all in. And like Spira said, be present, you know, be present in it. And I see that TD raised her hand. And then after that, it's Liseho. Sean Poe, you're killing it, hey girl. You're killing it. <laughs> All right, I love uh, two points that Mpo actually mentioned. And I'm in the construction industry. And shame, for me, I won't lie, it, wasn't a, it hasn't been a really great experience. Um, one, because it's still male dominated. I really don't understand why it's so weird. I would have thought that by 2021, we would have more women, you know, in boardrooms and all of these things, you know, and, and taking up space and being in leadership positions. But um, I don't know if it's patriarchy. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, certain societal norms that cause women not to be in certain positions as well, especially at a young age. Um, but yeah, I think um, we also mentioned something regarding a having a female mentor. And I wish we had more female mentors, right? Doesn't matter which industry you're in. It doesn't matter even if it's uh, not from an engineering space. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's from a different space, but just being a woman, a CEO, whether it's a manager or whoever that is kind of, that is um, putting themselves in a space where, you know, I'm willing to groom or not necessarily using the word groom, but educate this young woman into being in a certain space. I know that, or just educating young people in general, right? But imposter syndrome for me, I've actually struggled a lot with. Um, I found myself also in certain positions at a young age. And it's either you say, if you have, a, if you have an opinion, you know, you're not given the platform to actually say something or they'll just say no. Um, or, you know, I know how men are in the industry and I talk about black, white, Indian, colored, wherever. Once you come up, I'm, I'm, I normally say this, um, I'm very strong. I have a very strong personality. I have a very, I'm very alpha. Listen, if you, if you need something to get done, I'm doing, I don't care if I'm short and skinny or whatever. I, yay, I get the work done. That's who I am. Right. And I've never allowed the way I look to um to get me into certain spaces or being a woman or people just say oh we need a female engineer um or they're making me feel like they give they're doing me a favor i always tell myself that i deserve to be here engineering is not easy yo i studied i made sure that i that i'm in the space i earned my degree okay and i always try to remind myself of that but imposter syndrome is something that just happens because sometimes you know, even if your voice is cracking, you tell yourself, my, vo my, my voice matters, my opinion matters, my idea matters. And I was so fortunate to have um, a mentor when I was doing my internship and he used to always encourage me, you know what, don't, don't dim your light, say what you want to say. Doesn't matter even if it's stupid, even if you think it's stupid, say what you want to say and mean it. But unfortunately, as I progressed, you know, I experienced sexual harassment. I was not even listened to in the workplace. Like I had weird comments from men or men smacking my bum, you know, and I had to deal with all of those things. And I realized that men are mostly 
um, not to bash men, but to be honest, men are mostly favored in certain workspaces, right? And they and the company always thinks about the client. The company always thinks about, oh, this person is actually helping us to make money. But it's not like this girl is helping is helping us to make money, you know, within the business. And businesses always think from that perspective. Um, but what I've learned is that, you know, once you you experience something from a workplace, even though it's sexual harassment, even though it's because sexual harassment is a comment, a weird comment. Would you say that to your male counterpart? No, you won't. Would you smack your your male counterpart counterparts bum? No, you won't. You know, it's it's little things like that. But then I don't think, um, I think we as women, um, sometimes we like I because I also used to make an excuse and just say, oh, maybe he was just so happy, and this happened. Oh, this happened, and I and I learned, um, how to make. I kept making a lot of excuses for men in that environment. But I also realized that women. We're also not assisting, even though there was a, a guy there that would ill-treat a certain woman, and women would and and a woman would actually see that. You know, sometimes they just say, "Ah, he's just joking," "Ah, he's just whatever." So, learning to also stand up for yourself and learning to also stand up for myself has also been great. I've had an opportunity to grow within the industry, and that's great. But I'd also love to explore other industries as well. But for me, shame—I'm not going to lie. Within the the construction industry, is tough. Um, maybe I've had a different experience, but to be honest, I've had to have to grow a thick skin. And sometimes I seem so hard, you know, being at work because sometimes when you're emotional as a woman in the workplace, ah, she's just having a period or whatever. But I've I've learned how to be so hard. And when people meet me outside, they're like, oh, she's actually so nice, you know. So, yeah, I know I said a lot. <laughs> And I'm grateful that you did because that was also brilliant. And I think um, I love that you don't compromise yourself even in that space because I think also our concerns as women when, um, like you mentioned, those one, like other women who might in the workplace not say anything or you finding excuses yourself. I think also it's that fear of, um, okay, I worked so hard to get here and I maybe have to make ends meet and things like that, you know, like it's becomes such a norm. But I think I'm in this in the space, I can tell that a lot of women are radical, you know. So I just hope that even in the workplace, we really don't compromise ourselves because if we're trying to channel the future to a certain direction that is for women, then we really have to be intentional about those spaces and actually just calling people out or rather calling men out for those kinds of things. And I think if we continuously do that, then we will be on the right path. And then Lesejo. Um, so I just wanted to add on, um, TD basically touched on some of the stuff that I wanted to talk about, but what I've realized in sort of the career field that I'm in, so I'm gonna be a doctor like soon, which is a bit scary, but um, what I've realized is that for us, our career is sort of, I don't know how to put this, it's based around fertility. Like your career path is based around when do you want to have kids? So you need to, if you know when you want to have kids, then you can decide what you can become because you can't want to have kids and become a surgeon. When are you going to have time for your kids? You know, so it's things that like for now, I've also had the conversations with my friends. When do you want to have kids? When do you want to specialize? Do you want to specialize first, have kids later? And now those things sort of impact because we know that in the field itself, if you're female 
and you have kids right now, you're most likely to be like not picked for a certain position. Cause like, how are you going to handle it when you have kids and a family? And it's like, but I'm good. I'm good at what I do. That is the question here. Am I good or not? The fact that I have kids, whatever, it shouldn't come into play. But for us, it is a thing. Fertility and when you want to have your kids, whether or not you have a family, is something that has, plays a huge role in, in um, like the career path that we can choose for ourselves. Because, for, for example, if you want to become a surgeon, they tell you it's a male-dominated field because they don't have responsibilities. So are you saying that you want to become a surgeon and a mom? Are you, are you, how are you going to handle that? And then the question of how do you juggle that? How are you going to be able to juggle that? You know? So a lot of that, um, we as women also start to sort of not dream big anymore because you realize that you're not going to be chosen for that specific speciality because you realize that if I want to have kids or if I'm pregnant within the program, I'm most likely not going to be picked if I, you know, so it's those things that sort of make us not dream big as women and but we are actually seeing a lot more women who are just coming forth and saying you know what I actually don't want to have kids it's okay I'll, I'll become that specialist or I will have kids and I will become that specialist and that's okay you know so I feel like um there are women who are sort of making way for other women to also see themselves as something bigger than just um whatever you qualified as so you can dream bigger you can be more and just touching on also um about the the the, the, the point that TD mentioned regarding speaking up as a woman in a, in a work um, space, I think for us as black women, it's, it's, it's challenging because it's very easy to come across as the angry black woman. You know, whenever you say something, you're the angry black woman. Oh, oh yes. You know what I mean? So we, we tend to not speak up because, you know, if I speak up, ah, you know how they are. It's just, you know, and it's like, but certain things do not sit well with us. And not only Black, if you're a woman, she's on a period. It's the time of the month, you know. So in our career fields, we also feel that we can't fully be ourselves. We can't fully be upset about something and not let it be a period. And, you know, it's, I'm just really upset. So I feel like there are a lot of, um, uh, the career space isn't very encouraging. It isn't very nurturing to women. And but I can see that this generation, again, is becoming very unapologetic about what they want. We're becoming very unapologetic. So, you know what? I'm going to be a woman. I'm going to lead that company. I'm going to be a woman and I'm going to, you know, head whatever, whatever. So, yeah, change is happening, but it's not at, you know, it's not yet there. But, yeah, that's my only two cents. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and then I see Spue raised her hand and then also... You just touched on male-dominated industries, and I heard Haji say that she is um, in a in a TV production space. And I know when it comes to media, it is also a bit of a hassle for women, and especially with the position that you at. You know, um, I also would like for you to touch in there after Spiwe. <laughs> um, thank you, Bali. Um, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, some of the points here raised are very yeah, potent, you know, and it's to what uh, Lesoko is saying now that 
it's 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 we're in a good space, but we're not there yet. You know, type of thing. Um, I'm also in an IT uh, space, um, and one of the things that I always tell the teenagers when I tell my story, you know, I went to varsity, studied, and I was fortunate to get a job in the field that I studied in. And boy, oh boy, I'm excited. I'm like, okay, yeah, I know people my age are here. Okay, sure, get into the boardroom. You're the only black person. You're the only woman. You're the only young black woman. It hurt so much that it toyed with my confidence for the longest, you know, because you like checking the room, checking, checking the people, the age difference is not even just 10, like 15 years and more, you know, the gap between the seniors and the people. And you question yourself, will my opinion matter? Will what I say matter to a point whereby I would go back and my manager would be like, it's not like you not to say anything. I'm like, yo, did you see the people that were sitting within there? I'm like, exactly. That's why I pulled you in there because I know you can face those people. So to, I, I think to Stevie's point, having that sponsor, having that mentor, having that somebody that's going to be your, your, your fan, it is very, very pivotal, especially in such industries because it is difficult, you know? And sometimes you would put your opinion out there and it will be kicked like a ball and you'll be like, is it me? Did I say something wrong? You know, you start questioning yourself, doubting yourself and all of those things. So it is so important to have that sponsor, you know, and long story short on my side, I ended up, yeah, going up the ranks there, but it started becoming too easy, if I could put it like that. And I changed industries now. I mean, the banking industry, previously it was telecom, a telecommunications company, now it's in banking. I didn't know racism all my life until I got there. Yeah, and now you're a black woman, you are young, you're opinionated because you're encouraged in your previous life to speak your truth, to stand your ground. You have all these people supporting you. You are the next big talent that they were grooming, you know, financially, leadership causes, all these things. You could see your potential. You could see your confidence was now boosted. And now you're changing industries. You come into the space and they're like, you know, and there goes your confidence again, you know, trenched and, and yeah, being toyed around with, but it took another female sponsor, you know, to say that there's something about you. So that for me, I, I, I really agree with Tiri. There's something so important about having a sponsor. I call them sponsors, you know, and because of them being there, it's now navigatable, you know, they've been there, they've been through it. And there's something nice about having them also as mentors and coaches because they give you their experience and because you are so willing to learn um, from them, it makes the journey easier. Um, prior to that sponsor, I ended up in a, in a psych clinic in 2019 um because of depression the workload i it you know, it was just a whole myriad of issues and my confidence levels were just done there you know and it took the very same sponsor to say that i saw you in that meeting i heard you in those sessions the things that you were saying where is this girl now and i had to come out to her i don't feel safe every idea that i project in my team is crushed everything that i try to do every process that i try to improve it's like these men are getting up against me i don't know what to do anymore and if it had not been i even ended up going on Ned Flores last night and literally sending her flowers to say thank you for being my sponsor because I wouldn't be 
here, where I'm at, within the two years that I've been here, only now am I getting my promotion into this new role. I'm two weeks into this new role and it took that sponsor. So it's, it's very difficult to navigate a male dominated space. And where it is, okay, where race is also an issue, but having that somebody to stand with you and have confidence in you. And yeah, and yeah, it just builds and builds and builds, but yeah, it's not easy. Thank you so much for that. And I am so proud of you. <laughs> you are brilliant. And you know, I, I can see also like the, the progress you have also made. And I also saw like a text from TD and she was encouraging um all the ladies because we've been talking about mentorship for so long. So maybe we should actually take it up also and be that grounding force for other people. You know, and then I'm going to take um, Haji for career two. Um, shout out to you, Spirit. Hey, girl. <laughs> um, so, oh man, I am so blessed. I get to do. I get to. I get to make things that I love. So that's dope because I enjoy TV. I enjoy movies. I enjoy all those things and I get to make them. So, yay. <laughs> um, but it's not easy. And it's the craziest space you'll ever be in. It's the most, it's the most disorganized, organized mess I have ever been in in my life. <laughs> It's so crazy, this industry, but it's so beautiful because we get to work with, with, with so many beautiful creative minds and you, 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 you're actually handling people's dreams every single day. And I'm pretty sure that that's how your industries are too, because I mean, you've dreamt of becoming the lawyers and the, you know, the, the, the people that you are today um but it's 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 really it's really painful when um you you step into situations where you know like i'm a woman i as a producer now as a female producer i hate to say this but you have to be a bitch like that's just it you have to be a bitch because as soon as you are smiling with people as soon as you are happy with people because what I do is basically I make things happen that is my job I am taking the vision and I am making it come true I am telling the talent if they don't listen and if they see this imagine telling Bonang when I sit there and I need you to stop laughing so much. You're like, well, you're shitting your pants because it's Bonang. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So it's literally that thing of you feel like one imposter syndrome on a million thousand, 10 million, because you're literally feeling like, dude, who the hell am I to tell Barack Obama to move to the side? because I don't like that shot. Or, hey, do you mind saying that again with more feeling this time? You know, because I, I, I don't like how this is going. No, I don't like how this conversation is going, you know? Um, you know, or ask you, look at the camera is what, you know what I'm saying? Where you're literally putting together a piece of content and 
everybody is basically a moving part in this in this vision that you have and it's 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 so hard and then so imposter syndrome is a really big thing that i've had to i've had to deal with i've had to i've had to um talk myself out of i've had to deal with myself sit with myself and be like you know what dude you deserve this. You deserve to be a boss. You deserve to be in charge. You don't have to be um, under some male to 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 um, actually prosper and do it. Which brings me to my next point: is guys, men in the creative industry are so egotistical. It's insane. Oh my goodness having to deal with the egos, the egos, the egos, the egos. It is so much. If you ever thought that the man in front of the camera, Kista, you must, the one behind it, wow. And I have always had, I'll say the privilege, I'll say the privilege because I think it has, it has pushed me out of my comfort zone to say that, listen, boo, stop building other people's empires. Stop trying to make some other person shine. Go out there and you know you can do it. So go and do it. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I was, I was always, I was, I've always been comfortable with um, growing and, and, and building a, a brand together. I mean, I come from I come from businesses. I come from production companies and production houses where I've looked up to it, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait to go work there. I can't wait to go contribute my ideas in that business. And then you find this male figure who is used to people blowing compliments up his butthole the whole time that he doesn't he doesn't see. If you're if you're not if you're not feeding his ego, what are you doing here? You know what I'm saying? It's that thing already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your mouth should only be open to 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 um, compliment my vision and to compliment what I'm saying. You might be an expert in whatever it is that you do, but um, if it has nothing to do with what I want, then keep your mouth shut and just be pretty in the corner somewhere. You know, and that's literally this industry. I, I feel 10 times, I feel like it's 10 times harder for the women in front of the camera because, you know, at least us at the back of the camera, <laughs> we can have a bad day. The women in front of the camera in the entertainment industry, I applaud you every single day because dude, one thing out of place. You are under so much scrutiny. You are under so much, oh, it's so much. <laughs> it's so much. Imagine, imagine having a bad day at work and you're in a boardroom and in front of all your peers, you're falling apart. Now, for people in the industry, it's in front of the whole country. Because if that work is taken out and it's put out and you're having a really bad day, the whole country is looking at you like, dude, you did not deliver today. So I really feel like, you know, we don't really consider how much pressure it is to be in front of the camera. But yeah, I've, I've, I've really had to learn a lot. I, I just came out of a really toxic situation where 
literally my boss was this guy who is he is patriarchy to the next level it's that thing where women don't speak unless you know they're spoken to type vibes um you need to you need to do what i say you're an expert in your field sure whatever but your job is not that do you know what i'm saying where you are belittled and you are treated like yo into a whistle but then you know you're learning you grow and it's just about trying to improve your industry and also like you guys said um, i like what simpia said like get yourself a mentor get yourself somebody who has been through it and who is not going through it at the moment because you really can allow bitterness to take you off the path so the cool thing about somebody who is who has gone through it but they've passed it is that they've passed it and they can laugh at it today and they can be like ha huh, you know what joe it'll get it'll get better it'll 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 be better this is what you do next time this is how you go through that situation next time when they speak to you like that you need to speak to them like this um don't be afraid to exert your power as a woman and don't feel like it's you being you know a better whatever whatever it's fine they can call you whatever you want as long as they do what you say at the end of the day it's fine yo you can be the witch that flies through the corridors it's okay as long as they did what you said in the brief girl <laughs> i love that so much right and um you know I also commend you so much for being in in that kind of space you know like it is it, it's terribly like difficult it is it is a mess and it's one of those spaces where I'm often told like yo you know what it's tough it's really tough and I like what you said about you are you are there to build your own empire not somebody else's and with that being said I know that um Balis is a business owner so I want her to also chip in on that um in terms of her career how she's handling it how are you handling it and how is it how has it been so far for you um so i started my company in 2018 that's when i registered it not started it i registered it in 2018 and i was still working in admin at a ticketing company uh we did events and what not so um i decided to start the company because um first i i i had to put it i've always had that vision yahore you know if growing up because i was the first born and i had to do everything take care of everybody and the age gap between me and my siblings is big it's like the one that follows me it's a 10 year gap and then from there it's like 17 and then the other one is like 19 so they're basically my kids and my parents work all the time they're still working even now so i've basically had to step into the role of being a deputy parent and what not so 
I always had to do laundry all the time. I always, always had to do laundry. And the kids are, are they're young, they play, they do this. So I'm like, you know what? If I had my own laundry company, I'll take the, the burden off people like me, you know. And now because they're older, they can take care of themselves. I can I can run this well, not really take care of themselves because they still need assistance from me. But I can run it from home and still study and and see my vision come true because it's always been there in my head from a young age and I was like you know I want I want to do it I want to have a cleaning company there's Bitvest I see Bitvest every single place why can't I be like Bitvest why can't I go and clean events why can't I go and clean stadiums Bitvest is doing everything. There's no one that's challenging them. So I've always wanted to do it. So now I've started it and uh, it's, it's coming up. I am proud of where I am right now. I'm still studying, uh, learning about the business world and everything, but I'm glad I began. Um, I'm still learning, so I'll, I'll push it. I, I, I believe in myself for sure. And everyone is proud of you because i can just see like hands clapping i just see hearts all over the place and congratulations on doing that it takes a lot of courage to to start your own thing you know because it is easier to be to be taken by um employment versus you being like an employer yourself you know so i'm really really proud of you and we're wrapping up ladies i can't keep you here the whole day as much as i would love to <laughs> so we're gonna have final words for everyone um please do keep it short and then you can go and enjoy the rest of your women's month so we're gonna first start with Lisejo. okay um i think for me what i want to say to everyone is that we deserve to be where we are. We are capable of doing everything that we put our minds to. And let's just go out there and do the most. <laughs> Thank you so much. Importantly. Um, I heard a quote during the week. One of, you know, it's been like a whole lot of Women's Day things. And one one I attended was with Carol Chabalala. And she opened it with a quote where she said, um, do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. Um, I think it's from Rolf Emerson. And for me, it resonated, obviously, because of my story, um, not going where it was assumed that I would go because of the qualification that I have, but rather literally um, going through a different path because yes, it's going to be helpful for me, but it could use, it would, it, it is likely that it's going to help someone else who is going to follow my footsteps. And then also taking back to the conversation we we're having earlier about mentors, um, sponsorship, and even co having a coach, um, be a lending hand to somebody who might need it. You know, um, you don't know how little that conversation might be helpful or that nugget that you give them might be helpful for, for them. Um, so yeah, yeah. And I'm definitely taking that one where everyone said, give a compliment. I'm guilty of not doing that. So I am going to start giving compliments and accepting compliments instead of being like, oh no, what do you mean? <laughs> um, thank you so much, ladies. I learned so much from you today. Well, thank you so much. Do accept them. Do accept them because you also deserve them. And Spigwe? Um, yeah, yo, it's been great, ladies. It's been amazing. Oh, my God. 
I feel so empowered just being here. Um, so just for me, um, no matter what people say to you, no matter what people say about you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change you. Um, instead, it says more about them than it says about you. So one thing that one book that I would really encourage all ladies to read the four agreements. Trust me, it is a read worth, worth, worth reading. And once you get to do that, most of the things that we worry ourselves about wouldn't be a matter. And yeah, black, angry black woman, it's fine if I am. At the end of the day, if I get what needs to be done, Haji, it gets what I need to be done, done. So don't be afraid of being yourself. Don't be afraid of challenging the status quo. Don't be afraid of being the only one. You know, um, there's one there's one activity that I once did, sorry, that was asking about our personalities and the kind of animals that you are based on the answerings that you give. And there were eagles, lions, and I always thought I was an eagle, you know. And there was my particular one was a salmon fish, like yeah, salmon fish. And when I read what a salmon fish does, <laughs> apparently it always opposes the currency. You know, the water can be going that way. You'll find uh, things, someone jumping and looping the other direction. I was like, wow, that's actually me, you know? So don't be afraid of being that person. You don't know what you're encouraging the next person to do and challenging to, for them to be. So be yourself at whatever cost. So, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Peter. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And we're going to have TD. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, ladies, for um, inviting me here. It was really great to hear all of your um, thoughts um, around, you know, I, well, I, I wish I had been even, well, I wish I had entered the room earlier uh, to hear about all of your ideas and all of that. But thank you so much for sharing all of your thoughts and encouragement as well. Um, let us get out there, let us kill it. Let us create spaces where we can support each other, where we can uplift each other and really, really do become uh, mentors also for young girls in high school and all of that. And yeah, basically, that's that's all that I wanted to say. But yeah, thank you so much for inviting me here. It was really great to hear all of your opinions, all of your thoughts. Um, I can see that we still have a lot of work to do, even though there's a lot of work that's still yet being done. But I do see that we do have a lot of work to do. But yeah, I think you're all killing it, man. So continue doing that. Thank you so much, GD and Haji. Um, I have had the most fun. I would never stay on a Zoom for this long. <laughs> like, ever. Okay, because, wow. <laughs> but I've had so much fun speaking to you guys. You guys are really beautiful people. Um, and that's basically all I wanted to leave you with, um, to leave you with is enjoy your beauty express your beauty there's there's so much there's so much mental power going on with every single one of you ladies you know you've you've made me think you've made me feel you've made me um, search myself um and you've all lived and the cool thing is is that we have platforms like this where 
you get to share that life and it sort of it, it sort of saves another life if that makes sense even if it's in the smallest way just the thing already, um you're helping somebody make a decision or you're helping somebody accept who they are or accept what they're going through you know um i i really appreciate um this 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 experience and I really appreciate this moment and I, I'm so happy for the universe and just everything to have aligned to, to, to sort of bring us all together like this. Um, all of you amazing human beings and I wish you well, love and light and thank you for hearing me and my crazy self. It was fun. <laughs> thank you so much and also thank you for staying this long okay <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much Haji and then um, we're gonna have Palisa um, it was wonderful listening to everyone and learning from you and um, all I want to say is that man it's all love we all we need to do is just love ourselves um, and all these fears and insecurities will not be such a big deal. If you look in yourself in the mirror every day and you, 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 you have a mantra or whatnot, and you just realize and see how beautiful you are and how capable you are, and man, you can do whatever you set your mind on doing. So it's just love. It's all about self-love. And thank you so much. I've learned so, 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 so much from you guys. And I'm probably going to listen to this again and again and again because there's so much more to learn. And when you uh, listen to things again and again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Valisa. And from my side, I would like to say thank you so much, ladies. I know that um, you are so busy, but you still made time to actually come through and for such a long time, you know. And um, I just really hope that... Uh, Every, everything that you do, you remain a trailblazer in all that you touch and not only for yourself, but for your descendants too. And always know that we are cheering you on, you know, as much as sometimes you're not vocal, people also can cheer you on by just looking at how you conduct your life or the those things that you're busy hitting every single day, you know. So that's also what I'm saying, I'm just like so grateful. If anything, I am in awe of all of you. And I could literally sit with each one of you the entire day. Quite frankly, I just want this to continue because I'm enjoying it myself. But I'm so glad that you came through today. And I hope that this is not the last time. So from my side, I commend all of you and thank you so much. And I don't know if Peter wants to say anything. Um, uh, on my side, I just want to thank everyone for being available. Um, I could say a mouthful, but for the sake of time, uh, and sincerely, I really appreciate each of you sharing, being open to share your views. And I, I, yeah, that's, that's really all I can say at this moment. But I truly hope you guys learned or enjoyed yourself. And yeah, that's, I, I don't want to dwell too much. So yeah, that's all I can say. Um, <clears throat> in terms of the weekend, I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. I'll send you guys the link once up and in terms of you guys want to share socials or what information about what you do, um, I can gladly do that via email and also on the page as well. Uh, but yeah, I'll do that uh, during the course of the day or tomorrow. And then, yeah, but thank you again and really appreciate everyone joining. So yeah, that's it from my side. Bye, ladies.